Welcome back to Monday Madness Sports Talk. My name is Noah Festenstein, here covering all the latest in the world of sports. This is episode 191, all the way from Harper College Radio to Radio DePaul Sports. get it going today here on February 22nd, 2021. And I've got a good one for you today. And if you listened to last week's show, you know what to expect. Because I got a old friend coming on to join me as the honorary co-host of today's episode. I'm very excited for you to listen and see how he's doing. It is that of Blaze Mesa, the first ever co-host to come on Monday Man of Sports Talk. And he was an amazing co-host, an amazing friend, still is an amazing friend. And I'm excited for you to listen to what he's got to offer still. He lives in Kansas, so he's going to be recording from Kansas. And at the time we recorded, which was on Friday night, I was in and around the Minneapolis area in Minnesota. So I had my own weekend of myself, but I am back here in Chicago for today's episode, and I am very happy to be here to be able to have the opportunity once again to record, produce, and share what my thoughts are currently on the sports world. And a lot of that will be in our conversation with Blaze Mesa, and I'm very excited for you to listen to it. If you have yet to listen to the throwback episode I posted last week, Go check it out. It is episode 43 of Monday Mass Sports Talk that was recorded on February 13th, 2017. And uh, like I said last week in the opener to um, prelude that uh, that whole show, I said it was a very nostalgic type show. And it was the type of show that kind of really um, emulated what it was like back then with Blaze and I. And it was definitely very, very um, representative of the styles, different styles, and the different types of content that Blaze and I did, because we were very loose, and those are the early days of my podcasting days, or radio days, or whatever you may like to call it, um, it was just a lot of fun to work with Blaze at the time that we did, and it was a lot of fun recording with Blaze this past weekend, uh, it was about an hour and 15 minutes, so we talked about Baseball, spring training obviously has just started. The Cubs and White Sox have fully reported, so we'll be talking about that. I want to get his thoughts on the Super Bowl, so we'll hear what his thoughts are on the Super Bowl and just what's going on in life. Apparently, Blaze the Wise is what he likes to call himself, as now he is supposedly a grown man, according to him. So uh, we'll see about that. Uh, And that's up to you, the listener to decide whether Blaze Mesa is a grown man or not, because that's something that we're all trying to figure out ourselves. All right, so that's basically the gist of that, and then I'm going to end the show after that segment on a solo segment talking UFC. I'll talk about UFC 258 and what's coming up for the next fight events. Also this past weekend, we saw Curtis Blades and Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis knocking out um, Curtis Blades. I can't believe I'm saying that. Curtis Blades got knocked out by Derek Lewis. Can you believe it? Uh, I know, apparently can, because it actually happened. So, uh, 
We'll talk about that and more here on the 191st edition of Monday Madness Sports Talk here on February 22nd, 2017. Not 2017. What am I talking about? It's 2021. Oh, man. Ah, I wish it was 2017. Those were the good old days. But still, it is madness here on episode 191. I will see you soon. Stick around. Welcome back to Monday Matter Sports Talk. This is Noah Festenstein here for the 191st edition. We have reached the honorary guest portion of the show, which is basically the majority of the show, with the exception of the UFC segment at the end of the show. So let's get into it. That was Cognac Flutter featuring Zenji. Here for this week's episode of MMST. Speaking of MMST, don't forget we still got some merchandise available. All you gotta do is message me on Instagram. I got a new handle on Instagram if you haven't noticed. It's much easier for you guys to search up other than NFESTY97. That was a, a username that I made up like when I was 14. Because, you know, Festy, Festenstein, Festy, that was the nickname. 97 was the year I was born. So, that's just kind of, like, simple. I want to keep it, like, simpler and more, like, to the point. Now it's, now the, the Instagram username is Noah, my first name, underscore, basically space, fest. Like a festival, but the short, short version of festival, fest. Or the shorter version of my last name. So, it's Noah underscore fest is my Instagram user tag. Um, all I gotta do, request to follow me. I will have you, if you are interested in Monday Mass Sports Talk merchandise, message me, and I would love to distribute that to you with a shipping address, or you can also message me on my email. You can email me at noah.festenstein. That's noah.f-e-s-t-e-n-s-t-e-i-n at gmail.com again that's noah.festenstein at gmail.com you can email me for merchandise inquiries and i would love to make an order for you whether that's a hat which is huge right now uh shirts are also the next biggest item on the list i got mugs i got sweaters actually sweaters are sold out currently but i'm waiting for that to get back in stock and then um magnets i have as well i even ordered pillows so I got the logo on like a nice rectangular white pillow. So that was fun. Um, and much, much more. So if you're interested, please message me wherever you feel is best, whether that's email or Instagram. Alrighty, let's get into the first and formidable segment of the day, which is that of the guest segment. I'm treating this show as an honorary co-host type show, considering... Blaze Mesa was a former co-host of Money Mad Sports Talk. Him and I worked together for about 40 or so episodes or not. Yeah. So like up until like episode 55 or something like that, because at the end of that 2017 fiscal school year, uh, Blaze Mesa went on to study at Columbia College in journalism, worked at the newspaper there and then graduated recently and then moved to Kansas to work for a um, a local government issue paper. So congratulations to Blaze Mesa. 
on um, his endeavors because he's doing an amazing job and uh, what an amazing guy he is for that matter. And he's a hard worker. And you'll notice that during the podcast, he is definitely very excited about coming on. He was at least when we recorded on Friday night and he was talking about his response to what it was like for episode 43 what like you know that was like in recording and listening to a very old episode from four years ago so that was something cool to talk about and we just talked about more stuff like spring training baseball currently going on uh and then we talked about the super bowl some hockey a little bit uh and a little bit of basketball not really much so we're really we're really not talking a lot about hockey and basketball today it's mainly blaze and at the end of the show we got ufc uh, some solo talk about that as well. But for now, I'm going to uh, transfer you to the talk I had with Blaze. I don't know why I just brain farted there, but uh, that's A-OK because we got a great segment coming up with Blaze Mesa. So if you, like I said, have not listened to last week's episode 43, I highly recommend you listening to that before you listen to Blaze right now just to kind of see what it was like between him and I when we were formerly co-hosts of Money Mass Sports Talk and now to today what him and I um, have to offer. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment with Blaze. Literally, when I look back at the days we had at Harper College, which is four years ago, at least four years ago, like many, the Monday Mass Sports Talk has been going on for five years, and you were the first co-host that Monday Mass Sports Talk had the pleasure of having on, and um, I could not have had asked for any better of a first co-host to have on than this man who is on the microphone with me right now, Blaze Mesa. Yeah, so right now, I haven't, I haven't been on the sports podcasting game for a while. I am a local government reporter for the Topeka Capital Journal, so I'm out here in Kansas. The Capital Journal is an affiliate paper of the USA Today Network, so that's kind of where I'm bouncing around right now. And I know it's a sentimental moment time, Noah, but I've, I listened back to that throwback episode you played uh, on, the, on the feed last week. If anyone didn't hear it, they can just literally go one episode below in the Monday Madness Sports Talk feed. And I am alleging something here. I don't quite know what it is, but uh, I think you are either you're lying or you hate November or something like that. There's something fishy going on. So let's let's walk through the evidence here. You said, at least on the on the on the last episode, that your favorite seasons are baseball and winter. Is that still correct? Um, in the moment when I said that. I was no, trying no, to no, emphasize no, no, my love for the baseball season. However, okay. scientifically, that is not technically correct. There isn't that's, really that's a technical winter. So it was a, but at one point, it was winter and it was baseball. A younger Blaze did not catch this, but I am wiser now. Winter and baseball, those were your favorite seasons. Is that correct? Yes, that is, that is correct. Okay. Still can does, be correct. When does I also, it's hockey, now it's hockey season and baseball season. Okay, what? Oh, Jesus. When does winter start? December to February? That's winter to me, right? It seems like winter No, to me. it's November. November, November to February. November, November to, February? to, like, March. November, November to March is winter. And when's baseball yeah. season? Is it March to October? March, March to October, yeah. So then I'm November no good, to... I'm no good at months. But if you go from March to October, and then you go from November to March, that's the whole year, sir. What is your favorite season? You picked the whole year. Are you just happy all the time? Like, what is this, Noah? I mean, 
Hey, I mean, I'm glad. Hey, I'm glad you mentioned that, and thank you for maybe assuming that I'm happy all all the time. Life is about having different interests and having that during certain parts of the year. It's like holidays, you know. You like Christmas in December. Yes. You know, this yes. this is the moment to be with family, or you know, this is um, Passover in March, where I just still family, you know. But like, I I mean, baseball season is my favorite sport. Baseball is my favorite sport. And I was that day when we recorded from that episode from last year was the time. And even right now, as pitchers and catchers are reporting, is my favorite time because baseball season is starting. And I am still giddy four years later. So, I'm still just so as giddy for the baseball season starting as I was four years ago. So is baseball season the answer? Is that your favorite season? Yes. So to put it simply, baseball season is still my favorite season because also it's spring. Spring and summer, spring is when it starts getting warm out. The flowers start blooming. Everything looks pretty outside. Last year was supposed to be like that, but then the pandemic became a thing. And here we are now a year later, nearly, for another session of spring baseball. So hopefully things don't get um, ended prematurely. Um, I don't know how they're going to get this 162-game season off. Honestly, I'm a little concerned about it considering – back-to-back days and how is that going to work out it's just I don't know now just like four years ago and like I mentioned it last week in my prelude talking about our 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 throwback episode saying that you know societally a lot of things have changed since then you know we weren't in a pandemic first and foremost and you know um the movements that we have nowadays with certain groups of people and the, of course, you know, different presidents in the office and just everything going on, just the craziness that is just coursing through this world. But like, we still have sports and it's just hanging by the brink. And I'm just worried that my favorite sport, baseball, is going to fall off the cliff. And in 162 games, it seems pretty likely that something can go wrong. Well, I've been waiting for at least some force or pre-planning by baseball for that same reason. Basketball was a perfect example of doing everything right last year. We bubbled, they did this, they did that, very strict, this, that, and the other, and it went perfectly, as perfect as one can go in the pandemic, because obviously the bubble's only so much fun, but it went perfect by all accounts. And then basketball's like, eh, we're good. No bubble required this year. They're trying to play the season this year, and it's like, well, it's no longer as good. So I'm also sharing your concern with I don't know how baseball is going to do this especially because they play so many games and it did not go well last year maybe vaccines and more mask wearing will help but what I like, have been think about this way of- like if you're gonna have to postpone games like you're postponing games till November and you're trying to finish off 162 games well this is the planning I've been waiting for baseball or some sports to do to be like hey what if we just like started a little early just like took out some games and scheduled Imagine how many double headers is going to be. A lot. It's going to be a lot. I don't know why triple they headers. I don't know why they don't just five inning triple headers. That's where we got to go. That's headers. the next move. But I, I don't um, know why. Well, they I mean, don't. hey, technically five innings is a full game. You just got to get to the bottom of the. Yeah, you just got to get there. Yeah, so that's, that's the next move. Five yeah. inning triple headers. Three. You know that they're considering that for spring headers. training. That's pro- honestly. That's, a, That's probably the probably, best yeah, way to do it. Probably the best thing to do. I, I mean, I feel You're like starting pitchers like an inning or two, or and then relief yeah. pitchers like an out or two. 
I've never been a pitcher. I I mean, I played baseball, wasn't very good at it, spent more time at I'm football, just thinking but, of everyone's yeah. but, but I feel like pitchers are the ones who need to get going the most. Obviously, the hitters, they need spring training too or they're just going to be bad. But I feel like if a pitcher isn't ready, they have like Tommy John surgery and elbow issues and their season's over. If a hitter isn't quite getting it, he's batting 100 for a little bit. So I think that the, like they need to do something to where they can get pitchers going. But also, I don't think they should really be trying too hard for spring training because let's, like, let's be honest here. Like, I don't know how well that's going to work. I think an interesting thing we're going to see during the season is when each team in their respective state, when those players get vaccinated. Because I, I'd like to think by November, October, some players in some states are vaccinated. So you got to just say the Nationals, for example, are sitting there fully vaccinated, going on to take the Marlins, who are like not vaccinated. It's like, well that's going to be fun watching the Marlins players have to like wear masks and social distance and the Nationals players, while they probably should still be wearing masks, probably will be a little more lax with things. So I'm wondering how vaccinations will, will play out throughout the season. Yeah, that's a good point. And whether or not, you know, the MLB is going to be able to financially give the players what they need, whether that's just vaccines, whether that's, you know, staying safe and, you know, there's a lot of issues that's brewing around the MLB, but um, good points there. So the um, biggest issue, as, though, and I think we can agree, is what the heck is with Jake Arrieta? Is he going to be good? Is he not going to be good? Where's the Cubs starting? So I, hey, that's the hey, issue. Give me the give me the props, though. I I said uh, three weeks on my show ago on my show on episode 189 that Jake Arrieta needs to come back to Chicago. I'm more, not worried about more about Arrieta specifically. And I'm glad that he's back with the Cubs. He wants to be back with the Cubs. He's got very good relationships with the Cubs, plus some of the Cubs players, especially Kyle Hendricks, who's also a big part of the rotation. Um, but my biggest issue is that all the rotation arms are right-handed. Yeah, I mean Alec Mills, Jake Arrieta, <laughs> Kyle Hendricks. And there's really only one I can point to being very dominant. It's one thing if they're all right-handed and you know they're all going to be very good. But aside from Kyle Hendricks, like, I don't really think any are just like, you know, this guy's going to get you. So I would, I would have liked to see some lefties in there. Um, I, is Alzale left-handed? Alzale, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, um, he's, he's, he's going to be there. And that's another right-handed pitcher. So okay. Yeah, well. And then look at the White Sox rotation. You got, like, lefty, righty, lefty, righty. And as Ben said – it's almost like they're built to win a little bit more. The White than, Sox. Than I'm, I'm super excited yeah. about the White Sox. I mean, I'm not trying to be like biased towards Chicago and be like, Oh, fair weather. Cause I know I'm a Cubs fan, but like you got to love what's going on with the White Sox right now and what they're doing. I Tim Anderson's an amazing like baseball player. And this like the type of character you want during these days of playing baseball. Um, Jose Abreu MVP. Some, the pitching rotation is great. And, um, even the farm system for that matter. I had Jake Berger call, um, come on the show and we, we talked about the farm system and how great the culture is there. And like, that's, that to me is like something that I'm actually really excited to look forward to on the, on the come up for Chicago sports. Cause you remember in, back in 2015 when you were first talking to me and we were oh. talking about the Cubs come up, like this is something I'm feeling with the Sox right now well, and something's brewing flashback. Now, now new manager, piece. Joe Madden was the well. new manager. I mean, it's totally a Russa, but I mean, that, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I don't. 
But oh, hey, okay. I, I'm I'm confident Tony Larusa. He's agile. He he he's very diversified with the size of players he, he worked with, and I think he's learned some lessons over his shortcomings that people call him out on. Was why he it was why why this guy's won three like three World Series or something like that. So it's I like feel, I think like, he give him a chance. I think he might have aged out of the big leagues. I don't think he's effective as he was when he won those World Series. Well, but maybe he come... needs to adjust to new school Ted baseball. Maybe that might be his weakness. Well, let's, let's hope he adjusts. But there's also a point where I think talented players can overcome some of the coaching deficiencies. And if your biggest coaching deficiency is you don't quite understand the new analytics, that might not be the biggest deal when all your players are fast, they hit home runs, and they're able to get doubles and triples. Like if you had a team that was you know, maybe a fringe wildcard team like the Cubs, and you may need some better managing, utilizing analytics better, yeah. Probably a little more difficult to manage. Probably not the best spot. But when you have like Tim Anderson, Eloy Jimenez, Jose Abreu, and then like Giolito every fifth day, it's like, well, it becomes a little bit easier to manage in that old school type of way when your players are just good enough to overcome some of the analytics. Oh, yeah, literally. Couldn't have said that any better, honestly. So um, we, we could continually discuss this baseball conversation, but uh, I want to get back to what you were listening to from last week's episode of Monday Night Sports Talk, episode 43. What else caught your eye and like, what was what it was like back then? It's been so long. You've come on a couple other episodes after you were a co-host, of course, but like us being a co-host and like now you're the honorary co-host for today's episode. Um, like what, like, what else stood out to you just listening to it? And I call that episode kind of the epitome of what really our relationship was like and like our back and forth commentary and also having a guest on and sharing that moment with us. Well, this isn't sports related at all, but the first thing that struck me is how much different my voice sounded. Like I listen to myself and maybe I sound the same right now, but you just don't realize what you sound like. But I remember listening to myself and I'm like, that sounds like an eight year old boy. Like, I was, what, 18 when I recorded that? I'm only 22 now. I, I, I feel like yeah. I sound so different. I'm going to, well, when this comes out, and when I'm able to listen to them back to back, and all the people can play along at home with me, I don't think I sound the same. Like, you could probably have convinced people that this is a different person than last week. If you want, you just play old episodes of me, play new episodes of me, and that's two different guests. I can, I can answer to a different name if you really want to. And we could keep this going for, I don't know how long. Check in with me in another four years, and maybe I'll sound even different then. I'm the co-host that keeps on giving because I keep that keeps on The co-host that keeps on changing. Yes. I'm a different person every few years. You're ridiculous, man. I love it. I mean, hey, I, I, uh, I would say I – would, I wouldn't say, like, the, the style of your voice – I would say like the mannerisms that go like with how you present yourself maybe looks like or seems like it's an eight-year-old boy. I just think I sounded, my voice sounded a lot more high-pitched. Again, I could listen to this after and they could sound exactly the same. But at least when I'm speaking, I'm like, there's no way my voice sounds like that. Like there's no way. And I feel like, again, went to Columbia College, did radio there, doing radio with USA Today or, or podcasting with USA Today. I feel like I know what my voice sounds like. And when I listened to myself four years ago, I could have sworn that it was a different person. Of course. But, and I could say the same thing about myself in terms of just how, like I just said, how you present yourself and the energy. And uh, it's just different. The but, I mean, but what I really noticed was 
personally how well we meshed together and what would like transpire during an episode and us just talking like anything could come up at any time and we just wouldn't think about it like we like even that at the time we were like the longest show at whcm and i was the general manager at the station as well so i was like you know what I, you know, there's not many sports talk shows here. I want, and we need sports content. I want to present the sports content. Let's do an hour and a half show. And then it turned into two hours at one point. Didn't it? If I'm correct. I think, I think you and I were at an hour and 15 to an hour and 30. I believe at one point uh, there was a show literally right after us. So we couldn't go very long. And then I think that person either graduated, left, got an internship, what have you. I believe it was Doug Schwamm. And then we yes. could just kind of go a little bit Dutch longer. Shout out. And then that I think amazing. eventually, and this may not be 100% accurate, I don't quite remember, but then I think Kay Solis or Keith Maurice, although I'm pretty sure Keith is always a morning person, but mm -hmm. like eventually the people behind us didn't care if we didn't get off right at 1.30. So then the show just continued to kind of grow and mesh into this just thick block of sports on a Monday. Yeah, basically. Jorge right, Solis did soccer, and then you were on with Jake Voss on like a Tuesday. It was just, yeah, it was a, it was a, a whole mesh of different things. And then the Monday Madness became Monday Madness because it's just simply madness. There's everything's being discussed, and that's the except motto. For, that, except for maybe this week when like everything's in the off season except for hockey and basketball, which is the right. two sports I have very hence, little authority hence on. That's why so last I'm, week it was very tough to do a show because I was like, you know – I got only UFC 258 to talk about or hockey and basketball. And honestly, I was just waiting for you, my dear friend. I, I think, you know, we're at a desperate time for sports content. And again, very sorry to the hockey and basketball fans out there who are like, we're in the season right now. Sorry. I don't watch that. I really don't understand it. The puck moves too fast for me. I can't pronounce half the players' names. You're gonna have to give me a pass for not following hockey. And then there's a reason the why Bulls, I try to avoid mentioning yeah. hockey players' names and just and, and then the Bulls. When I was growing up, I didn't get the Jordan days. I I kind of got the Derrick Rose days. I got like the I don't even want to say the Luel Dang days. Like I don't even know what's worse. Like the Bobby Val, not Bobby Val. My long day was that bad. Days. He wasn't that bad, but at one, one point when he's one of your better players, it's like oh jeez, like. I also kind of <laughs> okay, want to say at that point. That's a valid. I don't point. want to say. I kind of want to say we got the Jimmy Butler days, but not like the Jimmy Butler on the Heat, like the still developing Jimmy Butler on the Bulls, who left when he got good. Although we traded him, but that's beside the point. But either way, back to my original point. You know, we're in a bad sports content place. When I see some of these talk shows, like speculating a new quarterback for the Bears about every other week. I believe it was Deshaun Watson to start, feeling good in the start. Uh, then it kind of trickled Acting down. Acting a little too spoiled in the start, in my opinion, but go on. And then, then we got down a little bit of the Carson Wentz, Sam Darnold. Uh, I think we're at the Teddy Bridgewater phase right now. Who else is in the <laughs> We are at the Teddy Bridgewater phase right now. Uh, the Bears are specifically in the Teddy Bridgewater market phase in terms of trading. Um, Sam Darnold is in that mix too, and honestly – there's got to be a phase at that point after where you're saying, all right, let's not make a quarterback change and actually use our draft picks that we have to draft a good O-line person or a D-line person or add to the, um, to the wide receiver core. Like, you know, there's options where the Bears can actually really improve that could help Mitch, Mitch Trubisky's case or even that of Nick Foles because Nick Foles is even an adequate backup. 
So yeah, the Bears have arrived at a very unfortunate place to where it's like, okay, do you want to draft a quarterback? Well, you better trade up to do so. And it's like, well, we could really use multiple picks in this draft to get yeah. either a wide receiver. And you're giving draft picks away to, to make up for a draft mistake you made in 2017. And that's the biggest point I've been making this entire time. Like, Chicago Bear fans, you're – I mean, I love you, but stop acting spoiled because – what's the point of trying to beg for a better quarterback when there's actually more important things that the bears need to focus on? Well, it's so. a couple of times I've been seeing people like, you know, the bears, they ought to trade for Deshaun Watson. It'll take three, four, maybe five first round picks. I'm like, it took one first round pick two, three years ago when you could have taken him. Like he was there. You only needed to use that second that you used on Mitch Trubisky. We were one first round pick away, but then you done went and blew it. Although one thing, I am slightly interested in, and I'm hearing the Panthers have been pushing pretty hard for Deshaun Watson, maybe tossing in a Christian McCaffrey and a couple firsts. I'm wondering if the Bears try and like, you know, limp into like the Deshaun Watson trade conversation, but they're just like sitting there while the Panthers and the Texans are negotiating the big deal, and the Bears just kind of gently take away Teddy Bridgewater and just like tiptoe out of the conversation. So like we were there. Yeah, we they're just the awkward. They're the awkward second party. Yeah, they just sit there and they're like, "How's about we give you a fifth? We send Nick Foles to somewhere else. We'll take Bridgewater, and we will be over here. Appreciate everyone's time, because, like you said, I go back and forth on it. Towards like, if you do draft better linemen and you do draft better receivers, whatever quarterback you have will play better. If you trade the house for Deshaun Watson and you go with a very similar offensive line and receiver group." The offense will probably be good. Uh, the O-line's pretty average. There's average depth. Like when everyone was sick and injured with COVID, there were games they looked good. There were games they looked really bad. If you lose Allen Robinson, your receiving core goes from like slightly above average to awful. Because again, I don't. I think Cole Komet, Allen Robinson, and Darnell Mooney, that's a, that's, a, that's a pretty average three combo right there. You got the speed, you got the big target, and Allen Robinson, who can basically do everything, and you got Jimmy Graham, or not Jimmy Graham, Cole Komet, who's a little sneaky good. But, like, it's, there are a lot of – That's a good way yeah, to say it. There are a lot of moving pieces there to where it's like if, if you trade the house and you run with that group, you will probably get farther in the playoffs. But, I mean, at, at what point – does Deshaun Watson want to come here? And it's like, oh, by the way, we cannot get any offensive linemen for you. The cap is pretty full, and we traded all of our picks. So have fun. It's like the Texans, but the defense is better. Yeah, you're basically putting that quarterback up to fail, essentially. Or at least make it a harder job for them to do their job. It's basically what they're getting set up to do. And they, if they study what the Bears – offensive line has been like this past year they'll fully understand like hey i kind of don't want to go here but it's a trade essentially and you have no choice because you're giving up draft picks yeah well yeah and no thank you i don't want to go there although who even knows if or when the texans actually make that trade but the bears again they're at that weird spot to where i don't really like maybe Jones will be the okay to me, but I feel like Matt Nagy is just uh, Jason Garrett, so I don't know how he's going to like bring along a young quarterback. So I would rather you just get someone who's who's a veteran, 
who you, you like Teddy Bridgewater, not amazing. He gets you some decent yards. Essentially a one-to-one touchdown interception ratio. He's pretty good in the pocket. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. You don't have to develop him. He's 28. He's got a couple. If if he likes the scheme, if he's working well, you get a couple years. But here's out a good question. Here's a good question. You got that with Foles. All of what you just said, you have with Foles, but yeah, he hasn't like performed. But Foles didn't perform because of the same reasons Trubisky didn't for, for, perform is because he didn't get the protection he needed. However, however, you're gonna get someone to get into a new system for the Chicago Bears and have to adjust right away with just basically a clean like a clean slate. And like it just like doesn't make for this Bears offensive coordinator or like the offensive scheme for that matter, it just not for everything that's going on, it doesn't like seem like it fits. Part of me like, doesn't even know if they have an offensive scheme. Like you look at Mitch Trubisky versus Nick Foles, it really just like there were times where they would just like you know, there'd be a minute 30. I, I think of the playoff game where there was about a minute 30 something left, a couple timeouts, you know, drive to half. Do you want to score? And they just like ran it twice or three times because they're like, you know what? We have no plays. We don't trust Mitch. We have nothing in the book that will get us down the field. In the, we have nothing. So we're going to, we're essentially just going to punt at halftime. That's all we care about. And there were many times to where it just looked like quick throw here, quick like squeeze, swing passes. Towards like, no, it's okay. Mitch didn't look terrible doing that. But that's also really not a scheme. Like, if the Bears had a lot of faster players, that makes sense. But Darnell Mooney is the fastest receiver we have. I look at our other weapons. You know, you think of Jimmy Graham, uh, Cole Komet, Allen Robinson. Those guys aren't particularly super fast. So this swing screen game, it's not designed for them. That's not a scheme. You're not doing it because you think that they can win. You're doing it because you don't think that your quarterback can make many other throws. So that's why it's like, is there even a scheme the Bears have? Is Bill Lazor sitting there like, I'll figure it out when I get a quarterback? I don't. <laughs> if, we get Desha- if we get Deshaun Watson, different scheme. Jimmy Graham, different scheme. Mac Jones, different scheme. He probably has like 3,000 plays, and he's just waiting for someone to pick his quarterback so he can just start developing a scheme. I don't even know what the Bears did on offense last year, hey. I mean, somehow they ran the ball not half bad. I just do that again. Just I would just say that's that a again. big David Montgomery type of thing. I know what Montgomery is all about, and that's breaking tackles and, you know, powering through the middle. And he's not a big yard gainer, but, like, he's he, there's some games where he's just averaging 10 yards a carry. And, and like, there's, that's there's, huge. There are times in the game, too, when getting three yards, like, every play – you take that over the big 20 yard burst that you can sometimes get from other players. Like there were many times to where I appreciated him only getting four or five, like just consistently moving the ball down the field. And that's what the bears were at the end of the season is they were very dink and dunk. We're going to slowly just keep grinding and grinding. And what hurt is because there's nothing wrong with that scheme. That's okay. But when they would take a shot down the field or they would try something, something important in a timely matter. Yeah, they just wouldn't connect half the time. Yeah. Like, miss throw, this, that. It's like, you need eventually those big plays. Even the teams like the Texans, not the Texans, the Titans, that were very much so like a ground and pound team. They're going to methodically move down the field. Derrick Henry would break off a 40-yard run. Tannehill would make it, like, they would do something every now and again to be like, we're grinding, and then boom, big play to where now we can continue the grind with our momentum. And the Bears just did not have that last year. 
Yeah, hundred percent agree. Um, what do you think of the Super Bowl? Did you enjoy watching that one? The unexpectedness that was Tom Brady once again dominating. Throwback to the very beginning of the show where I said I'm in Topeka, Kansas. Do you know what sports we have in Topeka, Kansas? College. Yep, that's that's actually a good guess. There's KU basketball. There's one of the other basketball. Oh, yeah. I don't even know. It's basically that's pretty college. big. I mean, that's my mom's alma mater, so. It's basically college basketball, baseball, and football. So now let's break it down from there a little further. College basketball. How's Kansas doing in college basketball this not year? Not so great. Yeah, not great. How are the Royals What's the closest this city? Uh, Lawrence yeah. is the closest city. So, yeah. They're, yeah. Yeah. So, and so that's, that's the – yeah, no, yeah, none of them are doing good. And KU yeah. is, like, not even the top 25 basketball AP players. Yeah, so basketball, toss that up, yeah. throw in the trash. No one's too excited about that down here. So let's go to baseball. Kansas City Royals. Well, that's not good either. That's a last place team. Maybe the Tigers outlast place them. So all they have is Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So for like weeks, again, in local government meetings, I cover like City Hall. They were bringing up Patrick Mahomes in City Hall and the county commission. Like everyone was super excited. And then I go into work the Monday after the Super Bowl and nobody was excited. The whole state. You could have convinced me they were still asleep. Like, there was sadness abound here. Um, so, it, was, it, it wasn't fun to watch. Do they know that you're was, a Bears fan and you just, you just walked in and just like, yeah, there, I've been sad a for a people, while. Yeah. Well, because there are people like, man, I can't believe you lost the Super Bowl. I'm like, man, I can't believe I don't know who's playing quarterback for my team next year. Like, you have Patrick <laughs> Mahomes for 10 more years. You'll survive. Like, I'm over here. You know, I was, like, watching Mitch Trubisky for, like, four years trying to convince myself that this could work. So, like, you'll be okay. You'll probably be close next year. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, um, did anybody, like, talk to you about the game? They're just, just that disappointed? No. <laughs> no. And you haven't no even one. talked about it any since? I think it came up for 30 seconds when one of the county commissioners out here, Commissioner Aaron Mays, again, local government meeting, they're like approving monies and this, that. They're doing local government stuff. Like casually brings up the Chiefs offensive line injuries after the meeting. <laughs> and I'm like, so hey. Bad. I'm like, man, don't worry. Like, they'll be healthy next year. Like, you got a shot. Like, <laughs> I just got to hope we seconds. draft the right guy. I just like, it's like, this is interesting. This is an interesting thing. And it, so that that's what that's oh what it gosh. was like watching the Super Bowl in Kansas for for were any you rooting for Kansas, Kansas City? Well, like were you like hoping well, that they won, or were well, you here, like? He, here's where it becomes a little more convoluted. I was hoping for a close game, but one, I didn't want the Chiefs to win because there becomes a point when the lovable losers, or you know, because the Chiefs weren't the best team for a long time. There becomes a point when they get that title and they break the curse, and all of a sudden it's like next. Like, we're on to the next team here. When the Cubs won the World Series, like, no one was like – That's here for it's the Bears. The Bears are Mm -hmm. the old team in Chicago that hasn't won a championship. It's like, moving on next, make sure everyone gets in line. Browns, can the Browns step up? Buccaneers, you haven't done – so can the Buccaneers get something? So, for that reason, I wanted to see the Buccaneers are spoiled this year, though, and you got to admit that. And, I mean, a lot of Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans will probably shut down that notion, but – Simply say, you got Tom Brady and a lot of other guys that work well with him. Well, I have also like a lot of free agents on that team too. Um, 
but I'm actually kind of surprised it worked well their first year. And it's actually oh, look at this probably stat. Really, the stat, really the fact that – sorry to interrupt you, but I, I got to mention at this point in time, like all three touchdown receivers during that game were, were from free agency from that past season. Yeah, it's kind of one of those if you build it, they will come. But instead of building a team, if you sign Tom Brady, he's going to bring his friends and, you know, the Hall of Famers that he's made along the way. Uh, and Tom Brady's obviously not showing – Tom Brady's not showing any signs of aging. So it's not like he's going to be bad next year. He'll probably still be Pro Bowl caliber next year. But also, he's like 44 next year. Maybe he plays when he's 45. 46, yeah, at this point, I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to speculate when his career ends. But the Buccaneers, if we really think about it, like, was that the best idea? Like, obviously, hindsight, yes, that was a great idea. You won a Super Bowl. But also, you signed a quarterback that has like one to two years left in the tank, maybe three. So, like, if he didn't get it the first year, could you imagine where we'd be sitting now? But don't you think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers front office is thinking about that right now? Let's start developing a young quarterback so that maybe the last couple years of Tom Brady is a part of there. He can become a mentor and be like, hey, you know, I'm going to be handing the torch off to you here in this Tampa Bay. We're going to organization and be like hey this you're gonna be the next quarterback let me mentor your you because i am the greatest of all time simply said and yeah. then tampa Bay can just develop a quarterback from there i mean there absolutely has to be that thought the backup quarterback for the tampa bay buccaneers is blaine gabbert like there is no future in blaine <laughs> no imagine like, tom brady getting hurt in the super bowl and blaine gabbert comes in well, could you imagine no Mahomes, no Brady in the Super Bowl? Mahomes was hurt, right, because of a toe yeah. injury. Who would have been, been, been Blaine Gabbard versus who? Who was the backup for Kansas and City? Chad Henney. Chad, Chad Henney. That's right. Could you imagine? Yeah, that would be awful. But if you're the Buccaneers, you can't, really, you can't really be resting on your laurels because the team you built is very much so ready to expire. Like, Tom, when, when Tom Brady goes, where does Gronk go? Like Gronk was already reti- Tom Brady got Gronk out of retirement. Yeah, does he retire again? Did he just not like the Patriots that much? But then, like, it's like there's not much because when Tom Brady's gone, we saw your team last year. They were eight and eight. They were what the Bears were last year. You added a Tom Brady. He brought his friends. When Tom Brady leaves, like then what? So you really need to get the next quarterback like right now. Like, bring him in right now. I don't think Tom's going to retire next year. I think he's going to try and play till he's 45, just to say he played at 45. I think Brett Favre is, currently was the oldest quarterback or oldest player to ever play, but he did not look good in his final seasons. I think Brady's going to try and break that record and then say, see you later, league. But well, Brady, is on, Brady is in the zone at this point. Yeah, they, they need the backup or the, the future quarterback in next. And while there are not many, like, there's a lot of quarterbacks being moved this year, and it's not like they're going to grab one to be a starter. But if you're the Buccaneers, do you, like, check in on Sam Darnold? That's a pretty young guy. You know, he's had some pretty terrible coaching. Do you go, hey, Jets, like, can, can we have him? Because in a couple years, he's not going to be that old. And Sam Darnold, a couple years under Tom Brady, Figure we keep some of the pieces we have. You still have either a Mike Evans or a Godwin or Cameron Brait. Like, that's an option. Not saying it'll work, but you need to at least have those options 
put together. Yeah, but Sam Darnold thinks that he's a he's already a starting quarterback. He doesn't want to be in a backup quarterback role for two years, you know? But does he want to go to the Bears for two years? Or does he want to go to the Buccaneers? Oh, oh, oh Sam, your choice. Or the other 28 teams, or 20, uh, 27, mm-hmm. excluding the Jets. You, yeah, those are options, too. And just tick off the Jaguars and the Chiefs. We're, we're whittling this list down. It just, it just, it's disappearing. Any other, uh, so, so that's your take on the game. Any like takeaways from the game halftime show for that matter or the weekends and all right. I don't like, <laughs> I've been to one concert in my life. So that, <laughs> what concert was it? This is an indicator. Okay. Well, let's, let's kind of, let's do a little, we're going to no, no, no. shroud it. We're going to shroud it in a little mystery here. I'm, I'm going to want you to guess. So it's a okay, popular we're play 20 questions art. here. Sure. I only so know much. I only know so much about this artist, but he is popular enough. So I do believe everyone listening will know who he is when he said it. I'll kind of get the ball rolling here. I did not pay for the tickets. That is why I went. One of my one of my friends was a coworker at the time when I was in college, working at the college newspaper. Just kind of casually, was that Columbia? Yes, okay. at Columbia. So yeah, you you have no idea who this person is. I don't believe. But they had just casually mentioned they have tickets to see this artist. And who wants them? Because they're ready to go. And everyone was like, I'll take them. I like this person. Wait a minute. Hasn't Blaze never been to a concert? And I said, yes. And they said, Blaze, you're going. And I said, no. Because at the time, the Cubs were doing the playoff game or the play-in game. And that might have came the same day as a playoff game. So I'm like, I'm not scheduling anything until I know if the Cubs are in or if they're not in. Spoiler, the Cubs did not make it, so I ended up going. But that's how we got started. Free tickets. I do not think I would have wanted to pay for these. Again, not because I did dislike the artist, but just popular enough to where it was expensive enough to where I just wouldn't have gone. So what's your, what's your question for me? Uh, I want to know. Okay. Um, so... Is this artist above 40 years old? I, I can't believe we're playing 20 questions here about this. Okay, I got to Google this. How old is this person? They are not above 40 years old. They're a little so, bit okay, younger. So it's a recent. Okay, that's a good first question. Uh, back, <laughs> it's funny. I just, it just reminds me of the moment because I just drove six hours up to Minnesota last night and I just started playing 20 questions with Olivia in the car saying, hey, Olivia, I'm thinking of a place. <laughs> Just randomly in the car, and we just start like breaking out a thirty-minute session of twenty questions. Oh, twenty questions. Okay. Wow. So I, I don't know how much of the mood I am of this, but hey. Um, well, then you should be prepared and ready. Give no, me some clues. Me. Like I, I don't know. I gave I don't you know. so many clues. Popular this, that, the other. They played Soldier Field. Oh, so shoot. that helps. I they gotta be a big drop. They're playing Soldier Field. No, the audience here is relying. What's on the first you. letter of the? person's or well, that, band's that's name. a little it's a little much because they don't have a band name it's a solo act oh, oh. okay what so a, uh what a clue that one is that is a clue that is a big played, clue played soldier field under 30 <gasps> they're a boy played oh. in like 2017 or 18 yeah now. yeah i'm trying to think of any like friends that went to a concert that told me that they're going to go to soldier field because i guarantee you that somebody did and i don't remember who it was for you're going to have to tell me here, Blaze. 
You're not. not I'm also like not great with music artists and people who he, know he me. Was know named, this. He was he was named the best-selling global artist in 2017. Ha, ha, ha. Well, so I mean, I'm just you know I'm just googling this on my phone now. <laughs> best-selling well, global. Like, that feels like cheating, but I'm wondering if you're going to Google it. I just can't waste 20 minutes trying to guess who this is. No, no, your audience artist. The more 2017. The, more the audience loves hearing me cheat. Is it Ed Sheeran? It is Ed Sheeran. I did see it. That Sheeran. makes a lot of sense. See, I would have never guessed that. Well, how would you? I feel like most people, had they asked better questions, they would have gotten it. Already. Okay, well, like I just told you, I, you know, I'm not in the 20 questions like – I was last, we should have talked last night while I was driving to Minnesota. We should have played this. Well, you shouldn't have played 20 questions last night. That's the issue. You, you come around blaming me when you shouldn't. Who just plays in the car? This is quality. You don't hear about car games like on a road trip. You don't like play car games. Like, 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 here's a good one. Um, you name a letter and then the next person names a letter. The first person who names out a word loses. But if you can't think of a word based on the letter that they said, they get a point. It's it's called four fourths of a ghost or something. I'm gonna be honest you with get, you, I have no idea what the rules to that game. Four right. fourths you, of a four ghost. Four fourths. It's called four fourths of a ghost. Wait, hold I used on. to play this. Four four fourths of something is just a hole. So why is it just called a whole ghost? So the reason why four fourths is a ghost. So so here's why they they say it. So if you get ding, so let's say if you finish a word and you don't realize you finish a word, let's say let's it has to be more than three letters. Let's say if I start with L and you say A and I say C and then you say K, lack, that's a word. And you lose, you get a fourth. So oh, you get four fourths. It's oh a spelling my. game. Yeah. Noah, I am a professional writer. That is what I that's what I do for a living. I write words. I'm just saying just language. random games you play in a car. Even this game seems a little rough to me. Spelling for fun? Sir. There had to have been a, a podcast or a radio program to listen to. We did. We listened we actually listened for two hours to a uh, a mystery podcast. So we all know that when you run out of games in the car, what you do I'll, I'll is give them a shot on this podcast. I actually really liked them. So start my favorite murder. If you listen to my favorite murder, that's what we listen to for like three hours combined okay. in the car. But, but when you run out of things to do in the car, Noah, you start speeding. You go 100. That's the game. The game is don't die, don't get pulled. You should not We're tell me that. Because last time I went to Minnesota, I was going 90, and I got a ticket. So okay. Well, I would say hello, police, but they got you. So that's good. But that's the game you should play is when you run out of things to do in a car. So let's not die unless not get caught by a police game. That's the, that's the game. Also, it was like it's snowing. So I don't think it's well, safe to do that really, in the snow. That's a really bad idea. Yeah, don't do it when it's snowing. Play you should not game. listen to Blaze one bit. He, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Blaze's uh, mic, I think. I think a mic just went out. Sorry, repeat what you just said. I said I have some life advice. Are you even? Are you getting this? Is my life advice not translating through the screen here? No, because the screen's blocking your life advice because it doesn't like it. Well, I guess it was never meant to be. That's uh, at least that's a, according to the screen, I, I, that, that's not that's not my discretion. I guess the screen didn't like what you're talking about. I will say, in in honor of my Wi-Fi, it gave me the Wi-Fi warning like 30 minutes ago. But it's been going strong for the whole time. And now it decides <laughs> to give out. It, 
it gave all it had for about 45 minutes. There's been a couple this, points during this podcast where the Wi-Fi seems to be going out. Don't worry. Don't, don't fret. We're fine. Don't fret. It's we're, on still the, going. we're on the cliff. We're, we're like hanging by the pinky toe. If this was a finger. hockey game, not a hockey game, because hockey is 60 minutes. Football is also – what game is 45 minutes? Uh, any 45 games? minutes. Um, is basketball? basketball is 48. If this was a basketball game, it would have been just – it would have been so close to just finishing it off. But no basketball player goes 48 minutes usually, so I rest my case. The best basketball players can go at least 30. I can go 48 all day, every day. The trick is never going in the game. Life advice from Blaze. That's another one. Market, market down. Market down. There should Remember be like it. instead of instead of like a spoiler alert warning, we should have like a pen and notepad warning to where just letting people know they need to get out some device, telephone notes. They need to be writing down what I'm saying. It's because I'm spitting straight logic. I That's don't fully need. agree with that. People do not take for Blaze's advice for future. I will, I I will produce put... the sound. You'll produce the sound. I will give the okay. war. I, I will make it happen. All right. I believe you, Blaze. You are a powerful individual, and you are wise. To, you're wise beyond your years, as they may yes. say. I'm pretty young, so that's not that hard to do. I mean, I'm 22, spent most of those as a baby. Babies know nothing. I really don't need that much knowledge to be wise beyond my years. When I get to 40 or 50, I'm in for it because they know a lot of stuff. 60, You're going to be the guy sitting at a bar, staring at, uh, or like sitting next to some young guy who's in his 20s, saying, this is what I was like in my time. That's going to be you. At four, at fifty-five, please. Fifty-five. Okay, Actually, more like right. sixty-five. Okay, sixty. That was more of an impersonation okay. of somebody seventy-plus, but I was gonna say, I'm like, that is a very unhealthy fifty-five-year-old. That is a fifty-five-year-old who's been at that bar for like ten years every day prior to. Like, well, they're he not might be the guy who's hot. starting at forty-five. Will be at the bar every single day, or just sitting on your porch, just chilling, like back in my time. Man, I, if that's what the future holds, Mr. Festenstein, I, I, don't know, I don't know about it. I don't know about this one. I think I need to, I need to reevaluate some life choices. If at 45, we're already on the porch, reminiscing about the days of, of yesterday. Monday Mass Sports Talk, as we are right now, reminiscing <laughs> four years back. Back in our time at WHCM, this is what we did. And it was a amazing talk show. Anything, anything you remember back at the time when we were together, just like doing the show and like anything that pops out in your memory that's just like I, I would attribute I it to the, the general Monday atmosphere. So for those unaware, the uninitiated, let me bring you back into the days. Imagine college. If you're not in college, if you've only been in high school, you're going to have to do some real imaginating here. But remember back to when you were in college, and you kind of had that like close knit group of people. Like every Monday, there was like the co- the coalition of them all because we had Keith Maurice in the morning. If you don't know who Keith Maurice is, you can You're probably not Google life. Him. Yeah, you can probably Google the man. Like Google he the talks man. into a microphone. Keith Maurice for, Harris. Yeah, he talks into a lot of microphones. You'll hear him somewhere. He was on in the morning. I don't believe we came on right after him, 
but it was not uncommon for him to still be in the studio when we were there. Again, Doug Schwamm was always hanging around. Jorge Solis was always hanging around. There was just like all of the people that we that I was digging and vibing with were there on Mondays, and we were just doing the sports, just sending it off. And I don't think I really ever scheduled class for Mondays, so that was also very great. So it was just everybody's was everybody's take on Mondays is like, oh, this is the start of the school week, and like for us, like, we're just gonna start it, it fresh, lit. talking sports, man. It was lit, That's as the, the kids say. And the the one thing I don't miss though was the very small, not studio, but the waiting room at WHCM. It was probably about the size of the two studios combined. For we'd have like six people in there sometimes, and it just didn't work. It was like, not a social distancing it environment. Was, it was not. I don't know how they're for doing the, right now. For the 2020-2021 um, yeah. references, it is not a social distance type room. Yeah, you, you put one person in there, like if they stand up, they're probably already breaking the social distancing rules. It was small, but we shoved a lot of people in there. We didn't care. I'm pretty sure if there was a fire in that room, oh my god, nobody would have made it out. Nobody would. It was very. It was very. That, was hey, a desk but, in but there. hey, gotta love the community, man. I remember I shoved like, no, nah, I didn't. I didn't physically shove people. I I had people come into the studio and had like an eleven person live segment just like you don't have to be sitting at the mic you just hear them in the background talking like everyone's in the studio and i'm just on air with everyone who's in the studio there's like 11 people there the combination of like three people on one microphone was beautiful i believe it was a three microphone setup in general for people yeah. who haven't seen it there was the essentially the host mic or the producer mic where the board op had all the buttons and the levers to make people sound louder or quieter they were in their own room with the computer separated by glass two microphones on the other side only one of those people had a computer and that's where the guests were supposed to go that was only so big so we were shoving like everyone we could into that little guest area sometimes it worked great sometimes it didn't i think they were they were a couple of shows that like interviewed bands and they brought in like the six person band crew and it's like that's not gonna work my guy. <laughs> Okay. I don't know what you're Go thinking, on in but there. Like, that's you could not try, but it's not going to sound like you think it's going to sound. Yeah, no, it, it was always very interesting. My other favorite, uh, the other benefit of the small radio station, small studio, was sprinting out of the, the booth after commercial breaks and trying to hear yourself on the radio because there's an eight second delay yeah. because it'd be like says a swear word yeah you got eight seconds to bleep it out so now when you throw it to commercial break yes sprint yeah yeah just yeah hit the gas and you try and get out there to listen to yourself on the radio but then Why? when we had a phone um, app i'll just go my phone app and really listen wild. on that that kind of ruined the fun if i'm being honest it made it a little too easy uh, there's nothing like the good old-fashioned sprint. How is convenient, not fun? Well, sir, there's, there's, something, so about boring, the old, there's something about the old-fashioned. Get your pen and paper out right now. Every, here, here, comes, here comes Blaze the Grandpa. There's just something about the way that I be trusted. You froze on my screen. I do not know if you hear me. I have another I, internet. I, I can hear you. It says the internet is unstable, which is just the worst way to put it. What does that mean? Like, is it going, is it going to kill me? Like, what do you mean it's unstable? Just say the internet connection is no good. Like, maybe you plug it into something. But no, it's unstable. My gosh. 
That's threatening. That's a little bit threatening. Is it not? Yeah. It is a little threatening, I'm not gonna lie. It makes it makes me concerned about the well being of our conversation. Our conversation our conversation is being threatened by unstable connection. That's it. It's the newfangled technology. See, if we had had a, a string and a couple of cans, it'd have to be a long string, and you had one can and I had another can, no problem. You know what I'm saying? But where internet connection, the blappity bloops aren't working. So that's the issue, is technology. How far are you? How, far, how big does this string need to be? Let's see, Google Maps. How far does the string have to go to Minnesota? Any guesses? I think it's about 1,000 miles away. Let's see, Topeka, Kansas to Minnesota. Come on, internet, don't fail me just now. Just go to Minneapolis. Yeah, just, just Minneapolis. Just, yeah, go to Minneapolis. Let's see. Okay, it's only 500 miles. You're only 500 miles away from me? Yes. Yesterday, I turned on my odometer right in my driveway before I left, and um, I, didn't, I did not stop from my driveway. I had a full tank of gas. I did not stop for 300 miles, and I stopped in Euclid, Wisconsin, which is like northwest. Um, not Eclair, not like the dessert. It's Euclid. So I stopped there, went to, uh, what was it? What? A quick stop. That's what it was. A quick stop. Those are amazing. Um, and literally just drove four hours straight for 300 miles. I need you to keep talking for a few more seconds. I'm Googling how much 500 miles worth of string would cost. <laughs> so let's just, just see how much. What I'm a not, random I'm, thing to Google. Well, I'm settling on yarn because I feel like yarn is... I mean, string yarn. 500 miles? Well, all right, so we could do, wait, we could do the math here. Tell me, just like look up like a certain, like we'll do okay. conversions or something. What the heck, what the heck is this? So um, this is from Michael's. It's $4 for this little doodad, but how many, how long is this? How much string do I get? So wait, 500, so how, all right. So if it's, how many feet are in a mile? Okay, it's it says it's two hundred. Okay, well I got bad news for you. This is doing it by yards or meters. So that's actually better. It's four hundred meters per quarter, so that's sixteen hundred meters. Okay, so it's two hundred and fifty-three meters for four okay. dollars. Like four dollars. Okay, so let's do the math here. Two hundred fifty-three times sixteen hundred times five hundred. So four hundred and Four thousand eight hundred. Hold on. Yeah, like you said, the math was easy. How, Hold son, on. You can't. What am I doing? I'm just gonna Google meters. Hey, yeah, I'm being stupid. I need to go back to math class. Meters to miles conversion. If I just wrote this on paper, I'd get it. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. We need the sound to get pen, the paper. We need the pen and paper. Out. This is actually literally exactly why we need to do this. Okay, we were right about the pen and paper. One thousand six hundred and nine meters. Divide that by two fifty-three. We would only need like six of those things for Michaels, and they're four dollars for a miles for for a mile for a mile. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, so so six times five hundred. Hold on, it was it for a mile? Okay, I'm yeah, it is for. So a yeah, mile. six times. So that's three. We need to buy three thousand of them. So times four. 
So the it'll be twelve thousand okay. dollars. It'll be twelve thousand dollars to buy five hundred miles 500 worth of yarn. Yeah. Do you think Michaels. you can? How many shirts have you sold? Can we make that happen? I know you got the online merch. Do you have you? How many shirts? Well, I mean, how many? I've also like donated some shirts too, so I don't know if you okay. want. Okay, well, those. you need to go. You need to go send them a bill because we got to get this that, string that, operation I do not, going. I've sold a lot. I will not okay. give you an exact now. Plus, is it a, over is 50. It enough? It's over fifty. Is it enough for a down payment on the uh, the, on yarn the yarn operation? We twelve. It is not. We, no, okay. it is well, not. You need to, not nearly enough. No. Okay, listen here, Monday Madness sports followers. Take out the pen and paper again. This is your warning. I'm giving you a warning. Take it out. Because Noah and I need a lot of money to, to make this happen. We didn't even factor in the cost of cans. Right? Well, the how are you going to, like, like, we're just going to roll out the entire 500-mile string? You're right. We need shovels, too, because it needs to go underground. That's the safest way to do it. We're gonna, so uh, not even just that. We're going to dig a trench, like a mini trench for yes. 500 miles. Yes, that is it. Do you realize how long uh, it's going to take? Too long. We're going to need like many people for this. Okay. So you got you're not counting the cost for string, people's oh, time, oh, the shovels. God. Sell more shirts. That if you just sold more shirts, we'd be fine. How many shirts? Go fund me. Help us get this string. That's the that's the sales pitch of the day. Uh, we're in for it. We're I don't, in think, I don't, I don't think you planned this out, Blaze. No, I think I did. I think I've got it all pretty squared away. The only issue with this plan is the logistics of making it happen. If it could just magically happen, it'd be done. Simple as that. We don't need the 1250. But we the just only need a group of people have, that will be willing to work together. Exactly. Yeah. The only problem I have right now is actually completing my plan as I've laid it out. So that's where I'm at. Otherwise, it's, right. it's flawless. You, you got me wanting to run through a brick wall for 500 miles of yarn. We, we may have to run through some brick walls because it's going to have to go pretty straight. Otherwise, we're going to need more yarn. And it sounds like the yarn budget is already pretty tight. So based on searching up how far we are away from each other at the moment yes. and figuring out how much, of you, uh, how much it will cost to buy that much yarn to make a line of yarn between us, $12,000. $12,500, about. Didn't, didn't add the change or the coinage, so it may be more. I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really properly budget this. You could buy a car with that. And, that. and then the car could drive the yarn. That is smart. What if you bought the yarn off of Amazon instead of Michael's? Would that oh. cut the price? See, this is why you're the cavaliering businessman that you are. Let's see, yarn. I may be able to go for straight string. Well, I mean, I don't even think that Amazon uh, has that much stock of yarn. Yeah, you think if you like, call like a, another like arts and craft business and be like, hey, I want to make a 500 mile long piece of yarn. Is that something you guys can do? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know how many people would be interested in that. But here's the thing, Noah. And this is big time because we have a sale right now to where it's three forty-four, which is cheaper than the original price of four three dollars and forty-four cents. So do However, that. it looks like it is a limited time offer. So I'll I'll click it right now. You just gotta let me know. No, I am. Damn. 
I'm not gonna. Always if I become okay, crushing. all right, fine. In five years, I will come back with you on this idea once I hopefully have the funds or the motivation to make this happen. And yet, I might not even be 500 yard miles away from you. I might be a thousand miles away from you, and then it'll be twenty five hundred dollars. That is vaguely what Ryan Pace has told Deshaun Watson. In five years, I'll circle back to this. But you may be farther away. Okay. I may not be prepared for it. But in five years, we'll check. You, sir, are the Ryan Pace of my Deshaun Watson dreams. That is what you are. That was that hurt my heart. That was a, that was an insult. I only speak facts. <laughs> write that. Someone write that down. Les Mis, everyone. Only speaks facts. Wow. Wow, dude, man. Yeah, this this episode's got me missing the days back at WHCM. Uh, the early days, for that matter. Wow, because then you left and you, I was just alone and scared. I didn't know what to do with myself. This episode's got me missing PSAs. Good old-fashioned public <laughs> yeah. service. We didn't even have to do a PSA. We didn't have to do, like, a top-of-the-hour middle um, station identification. The yeah. if you want to, st- well, I mean, want to remind you guys. Of course, you are listening to Monday Mass Sports Talk here with Noah Festenstein on as honorary guest of the day today is Blaze Mesa, the former co-host, the first co-host of that matter for Monday Mass Sports Talk. Very happy to have had you on today, Blaze. Um, is there any like lasting sports thoughts that you have that you want to share with the current world? Anything, Blaze? Could be about. Now your newfound love for Tottenham Hotspur in the Premier League or whatever you took on that test that time on episode 43 and where you figured uh, out you were a fan of a certain Premier League team. I forgot what it was. Uh, Swansea. I was, I was, Swansea, I was that's team right. Swansea, yeah. Your well, they're going to win it all this. They're going to win it all this year. Yeah, uh, let's see about that. Because, you know, you kick ball, you win game. Soccer is as simple as that. If you don't kick the ball, you don't win the game. I'm just speaking facts to you. As I said, only working in facts here. So uh, my final note will be kickball win game. For all you soccer fanatics out there, when you're screaming at the TV, just remember those wise words. Because if your team does that, they will win. Similar advice for baseball? Is it hit ball? Hit ball win game? Hit hit ball win game. Similar advice for hockey. Hit puck win game. Basketball is a little tricky. Can't hit stuff. If you hit something... You're probably going to lose. So that's why I'm no good at basketball. You can't kick stuff either. Well, you can't kick a puck into a net, or you can't kick a ball into a net. You can hit puck win game. That's, that's the, it's hit or kick. If you hit or kick anything enough, eventually your problems will be solved. And that's I did, That does not, by the way, that does not apply to anything oh, outside give, of sports. Give me one situation. We're only talking sports here because, like, I feel like Blaze is done. He's like, I am going to give you life advice. Imagine hitting anything or hitting anything will not solve your problem. You have a heaping stack of laundry. Let's do dishes. You have a heaping stack of dishes. How do you get rid of those dishes? You just keep kicking the dishes. Eventually, the dishes break and become smaller dishes until there are no dishes at all. So, checkmate. Hit ball win game, kick ball win game. Simple as that. I'm always right. All right. Okay. I see your logic. Thank you. I don't disagree with your logic and some facets, but 
I'm not going to just kick something that I, Marketing. You know, I'm having trouble with. You cannot kick or hit people, though. One caveat. That is not allowed. Thank you for, that, give, thank you, cause, thank you for mentioning that. That'll cause problems. You're the one who do said not it. Do that. Do not do that. Applies to everything else, though, I swear. Or animals. No animals. Yep, either. nothing alive. Nothing alive. Nothing alive. Flow- nothing alive. Flowers are iffy. Well, okay, unless you're, unless you're in MMA. Unless you're mixed martial arts, kicking and hitting See, people wins. All these rules and regulations. See, back in my day, it was just kickball win game. Now it's kickball don't kick person win game. The, the complexities of life. On my, there is this kid on my uh, youth soccer team that I'm not going to mention his name, but he was notorious for kicking people in the shin and not getting carded for it. And it was very frustrating. Literally notorious for kicking (laughs) shins. That still sticks with you to this day. How, don't mention it, but how long ago was that? This is when we were at least uh, 14 years ago. 14 years ago. Yeah, I would say roughly 14 years ago. How many shin kicks? Do you have to endure before it just becomes a permanent scar? Because you're still you're still remembering. The well, number I mean, has, shin kicks. Has to be you done. have a shin guard when you're playing youth soccer. You wear shin guards. Same thing for professional players because you can get kicked in the shin when trying to kick for the ball, right? And you would know. Yes, of course, because of the shin kicker that was on my team. But like. Those people are like vicious. Like when they kick you in the shin, it's not gonna feel good. And when you're talking about, and I just mentioned mixed martial arts, and you talk about, and I, I'll get to this. Well, I'm, we'll be talking UFC later in the show today. Um, you know, doing lower body kicks, it really messes you up. You're not balanced. And like when I keep get kicked in the shin in soccer, I'm not balanced. And I, as a kid, I'm not tolerant to pain as much and i'm not having it no i get stung by a bee and i'm freaking out stung by three bees one game what and ha- i was freaking out uh, i feel like those are not related just bee stings and shin kicks. shin kicks okay we're not making relations i'm just saying the tolerance of pain that you can endure as a kid playing youth soccer well, I don't even know how to respond to that one. I, if, the if point you, is, you've got me. kick ball win game, hit puck. That's win, the point. Game. Kick ball win game, hit kick, hit kick, hit kick the ball, win game. Hit and break. then for basketball, hoop hoop ball win game. If you say so, I don't see how that applies. And in podcast know. talk, Mike, win win cast. I don't know. Talk I Mike tried. Wincast. Talk Mike Wincast. Close, close enough. Close enough. Close we tried. Enough. All right, Blaze. Any last words before I unfortunately have to let you go today? Uh, no, just kickball win game. That's all. Kickball. Okay. When, kickball win game. That will be the uh, motto of today's episode. Kickball win game. Is that, Put, do, which one do you want? Hit puck win game, kickball win game, or hit ball win game? Uh, just do I HK. Think ball. HK. Just put it on a shirt. Put it on a shirt, sell more shirts, buy more yarn. It'll be like the trademark logo that's at the bottom of each trademark's yes. logo, but for Monday Mass Sports Sock, it's going to be a TK kickball win game. 
You do an H and a K and you put yarn around it. And that's how we sell more shirts. That's how we sell it. We sell more shirts. Mark it up. Do you have your shirt in the wearing. I'm wearing a sweatshirt. This is tricky. Can you... Can there you it is. Do you realize I'm wearing it? Yes. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a cold fellow because I was planning on, on wearing it and showing you, but I'm not warm enough for that at this moment in time. Okay. You're still hot in my books, Blaze. Well, I'm also hot in my apartment too because this, this sweatshirt right. is really doing the trick. I was trying to give you a compliment and you just totally shut it down and now you're not hot anymore, so... Okay, well, he was only hot on the cast, hot on the cast today, and that's all that matters. When Blaze is, of course, in front of a microphone, he's just always on it and always the best to talk to, as you may have noticed throughout this entire podcast that you just listened to for the past hour. Yeah, Blaze, thank you for spending your time with me, and uh, um, I hope you're doing all well with everything going on in the world and the snowstorms and and um. You know, COVID still stirring around. I just hope that you're doing the best that you can to stay safe. Things are doing much better in Kansas than they are in Texas. So I'm doing pretty dang good. At least you're home in Kansas and there's no tornado taking you away to uh, the Ellabic Road. (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) Please come. I ever tell you the story of when I was a monkey in my middle school play for Wizard of Oz? Oh, no. So no. every single, no, before you go, let's talk about this story because I think it's now worth sharing now since it's been mentioned. Yeah, long story short, all monkeys wore rollerblades and I was the rollerblade master oh. back in the day, but it didn't seem okay. like that the second night of the production because I oh, fell on yeah. stage. Because that's where I Dorothy with going. me. Yeah. Oh, well, that's, that's, not, <laughs> that's not a good thing. I have not seen The Wizard of Oz the whole way through, I... but I can tell you that's not a good thing. Are you serious? Probably. I used to watch Wizard of Oz like every day of my life. That was like every I, day from age two to four. I took Dorothy with me. I don't I don't think you're supposed to. No, I like tried to grab her or like like try to like use her shoulder as like balance. This is not getting any better for you. Your, your explanation <laughs> is not making it better somehow. I don't know why. No, everyone was fine at the end. She's okay. The production, maybe I took ahead of that exact moment. Well, have you, have and you if anything, it probably, if anything, I recently, this was like yeah, 12 years ago. Sh- there are lasting injuries that could result from uh, the you know, blunt force trauma. You have no idea how she's doing if you haven't checked up recently, but right, whatever. I'll make, sure then. Check up. I'll make sure to check up on her and see if she's okay. Maybe she'll come on the podcast and make, and reassure That's our listeners next, that she's doing okay. Guess. Yes, next I week's guest that. is Dorothy from my seventh grade production of Wizard of Oz. Yep. That's how it's going to go. <laughs> it's good. It's a good That's uh, nothing better than Blaze Mesa. That is for sure. All right. Now I'm going to officially let you go. You appreciate it, sir. Overstayed your welcome. Oh, I'm here all the time. <laughs> I'm always around. Yeah, Blaze is always on Monday Mass, Borsak, and Spirit. Mark it and down. that's the beautiful thing and, about being the first ever and co-host. In, and in past episodes. You just got to scroll down. Bro, I love you, man. Thank you so much for coming on today. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that the audience loved you as well. Thank Anytime, you. Anytime, Mr. Festenstein. God bless. God bless, Blaze. So that was Blaze Mesa, the first ever co-host of Monday Mass Sports Talk. Of course, excuse the... Uh, 
interruption of connection or lack of connection that there of um it was definitely a different recording environment environment for me i was in minneapolis while blaze was in kansas so definitely a very interesting duo there talking about chicago sports so that was a lot of fun hanging out with blaze thank you so much for tuning in and thank you so much for sticking around until this point because we still got some more here on episode 191 next segment the last segment of the day today will be that of ufc mma talking ufc 258 from the other week and this past weekend was a fight night with Derek lewis and curtis blades and then next weekend we also got a fight night to talk about as well coming up here on the 191st edition of monday matter sports talk see you soon Welcome back to Monday Madness Sports Talk here on February 22nd, 2021. It is your host, Noah Festenstein, here for the final segment of today's show. And it is MMA UFC time. Let's get it. This is Junox and Bryce Fox with Sentiments. All right, let's get us going here for MMA UFC time. And I missed last week talking about UFC 258, which happened uh, about, uh, like, yeah, nine days ago, which was on February 13th. Yeah, so yeah, nine days, roughly. Um, This was between Karmar Usman and Gilbert Burns, and it ended in the third round, early third round with Karmar Usman pounding. Gilbert Burns by knockouts and at the beginning of the fight he thought that Gilbert Burns had a chance he threw a really good right hook on Kamara Usman and Usman did not fall down like many people thought he would after that punch but this man is scary to say the least you talk about the best welterweights of all time George St. Pierre is on that list 13 in a row one or 12 in a row one and now Kamara Usman just beat him with 13 in a row run one and in um, welterweight division that's not an easy division to do that in and Kamara Usman is probably tied with the legacy that George St. Pierre created and he's not but the thing is about Kamara Usman the reason why it doesn't seem as such is because a guy like George St. Pierre was more universally liked if you may say Kamara Usman is isn't as universally liked as what George St. Pierre was because George St. Pierre at the time that he was a champion for that margin of time where he had the belt strapped around his waist George St. Pierre was providing new types of styles to the sport that nobody has ever seen and everybody was looking forward to every single time that man stepped into the octagon now with Kamara Usman as much as he's winning just as much as George, George St. Pierre is against very hard opponents, people are not praising Kamar Usman's name as much. And after the fight, Kamar Usman yelled, respect my name. And I fully agree with him. Respect his name. Nobody to his stature has beaten that many welterweights in this amount of time, in this amount of fashion. Knocking out Colby Covington. Taking out Jorge Masvidal. Now Gilbert Burns. Also Tyrone Woodley, who was a very good fighter at the time that Kamaru Usman fought him. 
and many more names to that list. So when we talk about greatest welterweights of all time, I would say Kamar Usman is tied up with uh, George St. Pierre right now. Uh, I, and Kamar Usman's no, nowhere close to finishing up. Obviously, he, he looks he's looking for some more blood, whether that's still in the welterweight division. Uh, I don't think that he's fully cleared out the welterweight division. If anyone he should beat, again, if anything, is Jorge Masvidal. Because Jorge Masvidal had only a week to prepare. So, like, that's, that was a different Jorge Masvidal we saw in that fight against Kamar Usman compared to what we can have now in a welterweight main event. I think Steven Thompson is, is he, even a name on that list. He's been fighting really, really well in the past couple of years. And if anything, Steven Thompson has a great, great resume to say, hey, this man should be in a title in a, in a title fight. So, I'm looking at a guy, like, you know, let's we can also take Gander here at the welterweight class here. And as I am doing that, I'm going to take a pause from that. Kamar Usman conversation. Talk about that co-main event between Macy Barber and Alexa Grasso. Uh, Macy Barber definitely getting outstruck, striked by a more experienced fighter. Macy Barber is like what, twenty-two or twenty-three? Same same age as me, and she's not as experienced, but she still believes that she's the future of MMA. But like when you hit the age of twenty-eight to thirty, that's like the best type of age to be like, hey, now it's time to be champion. Macy Barber is very young. And she got outstruck by Alexa Grasso, who's probably one of the best boxers in all of the MMA. So in terms of like stylistic fighting, this was a great matchup between Macy Barber and Alexa Grasso in the welter- in the women's flyweight co-main event this on February 13th. But if I were to talk to Macy Barber right now, I would say keep doing what you're doing. And you know, you're so young. It's so hard to break into this into this high-level sport and beating experienced fighters when you're at a very vulnerable state in your career, or at least you're naive enough to not perform up to your own standards. And Macy Barber has set her standards very high. She wants to see that belt around her waist in the next three years. And as much as I want to believe that, which I really am a fan of her, it, it it's very ambitious. And you gotta love ambitious fighters. Like that's something that, you know, in a in this type of physical contact sport and you know painful sport that it is, you have to have that ambition to go out in the octagon for about fifteen minutes and twenty five minutes if you're in a main event, to go out there and give it every single everything you've got. So, Macy Barber. I still want to congratulate her. She also put up a really good fight at the end of that at the end, you know, showing off her conditioning and at least giving Alexa Grasso a lot of work. But I did put money on Macy Barber to win. At the same time, though, I'm also not surprised she lost because of her vulnerable characteristics that she is as a young fighter. But that's okay. That's perfectly okay, and that makes her a more interesting fighter, if anything, because you don't know how how well she's going to be able to come back from this type of loss. She lost against uh, Roxanne Modafferi in her previous fight, and she was injured. She came back and was acting so confident. I wouldn't say too confident. I would say confident enough to say, hey, I'm ready to fight the top 15 and I'm ready to make a name for myself. And that's a, a lot of fighters, young fighters' mentality going into the UFC is 
making a name for themselves based on their confidence. And Macy Barber has the right to be all confident. She had an amazing four wins to start off of her UFC career. She has every right to be confident and still does have every right to be confident. It's just that she's going to have to reset, maybe find a, a fighter that's outside of the rankings, maybe set her up with a fifth, top 15 fighter, maybe. But nowhere near is Macy Barber done. She's not injured. She's fine. And I'm a fan of her. So that was a women's flyweight um, co-main event. Um, let's go back to the welterweight rankings in which I want to figure out who's going to be the next fighter to fight up against Kamara Usman. So let's take a gander here. So Gilbert Burns, with his recent loss, dropped down two spots to the number two spot in the welterweight rankings. And to jump up one spot is birthday boy Colby Covington. Today is Colby Covington's birthday. I'm not a big fan of him, but eh, happy birthday. Anyways, Colby Covington in the one spot to um, possibly have another rematch against Kamara Usman. If anything, it's got to be him, Jorge Masvidal, or Steven Thompson. Or even Leon Edwards. But Leon Edwards is fighting, I think, uh, Bilal Muhammad in a main event fight in a couple weeks. Um, because Leon Edwards is supposed to fight uh, Kamzat Shemaev, if I'm correct. And Kamzat Shemaev, who's the 14th ranked fighter and probably one of the most highly anticipated up-and-comers right now in the welterweight division. keeps backing out of fights for undisclosed reasons. And so Leon Edwards just wants to fight. This man, just, he doesn't even care who he, he fights. But now, with a rising Bilal Muhammad in that welterweight class, that might be a really good breakout fight for Muhammad if he's able to put up a good fight against Leon Edwards. So that's, a, that's a, this makes it actually a really good welterweight fight, a main event fight. You got an up-and-comer in Bilal Muhammad against uh, an experienced top-five-ranked fighter. This is Bilal Muhammad's biggest fight of his career coming up. And I don't know when that's going to be. I'm going to get the exact date on that. Edwards versus Muhammad. That will be on uh, March 13th. Very interesting fact about both of these fighters is that both of them are 18 and 3. So they, they're on paper, it seems like it might be a, a good fight. So I'm actually really excited about this fight. Uh, and I'm not going to lie about that. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to Saturday, uh, March 13th. But the week prior to that, will be maybe one of the best anticipated cards of all time without Conor McGregor in it. It'll be three championship fights. A light heavyweight championship between Jan Blakovich and Israel Adesanya, Amanda Nunez and Megan Anderson, and that's at women's featherweight. And at men's bandweight, you got Peter Jan and Aljamain Sterling. And then you got a lot of other fights on that card that I'll disclose Um in about a couple weeks here, uh, anticipating this fight. Actually, next week should be the preview for UFC 259 because it is a week from this upcoming Saturday. So looking forward to a really, really good fight night on March 6th. Excuse me, on pay-per-view March 6th. I'm I not buying that pay-per-view. Wow, that's going to be a great, great card. Um, but continuing with the welterweight rankings, I keep pushing that over. Um, my personal... Big fight coming up that like or that that should be a big fight. That should be the next welterweight championship. Would be Kamar Usman and Jorge Masvidal. Give Jorge Masvidal a full training camp and see what he can do with that. Or have Jorge Masvidal fight Colby Covington, and the winner of that faces Kamar Usman. Or a second fight between Colby Covington and Kamar Usman because Colby Covington is coming off of his dominant performance against Tyrone Woodley. And he's now looking for a fight. So the fight that I'd make is that. Or put Steven Thompson in the mix. 
with a guy like Gilbert Burns, that could be a really good fight. You got two great jujitsu practitioners coming up against each other in Gilbert Burns and Steven Thompson. I think that would be a fantastic fight. Um, so let's see how that would work out because if anything, this welterweight class is now not as complicated as it was a year ago, but definitely still just as entertaining or on Monday Man Sports Talk, you may say is madness just as well as the lightweight class. Let's look, let's look at the lightweight. Um, it still says on USC.com that Khabib Nurmagomedov is the champion. Obviously, that's not the case. Justin po- Dustin Poirier is the number one fighter. And all the way down at number six is Conor McGregor, right behind Tony Ferguson at number five. Michael Chandler is at number four. Charles Oliveira at number three. Justin Gaethje at number two. So you can obviously say safely that the lightweight division is super complicated because you got Rafael Dos Anjos, Dan Hooker, Benil Darius, Paul Felder, and the list goes on. Diego Fiera, Kevin Lee, El Iaquinta, and 14 and 15 is Islam Makachev, and 15 is Gregor Gillespie. So all of those names on that list, you all got to know those names because those are, that's a, a hefty lightweight division right there, if you may say. Um, but yeah, whoo. Now, um, that was UFC 258. Not surprised that Kamara Usman won. Is there any other fights on that card that I missed that I still want to talk about? Um, Calvin Gastelum, Ian Heinrich. I'm a little disappointed Ian Heinrich could not win against Calvin Gastelum. I'm not a big Gastelum fan. I really am not. But I'll have to admit, he did show off his experience during that fight. Um, two really good wrestlers. Ian Heinrich is a two-time state champion. And then Calvin Gastelum, he still was able to adjust to that. And with his experience um, and being a veteran, was able to outstrike him and outwork him during that match. At the beginning, it seemed like Heinich had a almost an armbar type move or Kimura or Kimura or something of that nature and almost was able to beat Calvin Gastelum via that. But other than that, it was um, Gastelum's fight to win. So... We saw a welterweight fight between Bilal Muhammad and Diego Lima. Uh, Muhammad with a, um, a decision after five rounds, or a three-round decision. So uh, Bilal Muhammad now, after that, will be on his way to fight Leon Edwards on March 13th. All right, so let's look at this past weekend. It was UFC Fight Nights, Blades versus Lewis. Um, the first name I want to mention on this card will be uh, Tom Aspinall, who submitted... At heavyweight, he submitted Andre Arlovsky, and I think he's like the 18th uh, heavyweight ever to submit in a match. You never see heavyweights submit in a match, and for Tom Aspinall to do this is quite uh, quite impressive, especially against a very experienced guy like Andre Arlovsky. Tom, you know, Aspinall is able to get behind him, uh, take him down for that matter, and put him in a rear naked choke. And I said it, and I said even last year when I was at Radio Nepal Sports talking about UFC, was that Tom Aspinall is the up-and-comer heavyweight to look out for. Honestly, Aspinall could be top 15. Let's actually look at the heavyweight rankings right now and see, because the heavyweight rankings got shook up a little bit on um, Saturday night, and I'll get more into that right here, right now. Um, It actually isn't fully updated yet. I think they're going to update it later today, Um, but as of right now... Francis Ngannou is the number one heavyweight 
contender who will be fighting Stipe Miocic at UFC 260, if I'm correct. Uh, and then Jarzino Rosenstreich is at number three. He will be fighting next week uh, against um, Cyril Gan, who is the number seven heavyweight. So the heavyweight division is going to be shaken up a lot within the next couple weeks. So all of this is going to change. Um, and then Alexei Olenek should be knocked out of the top 15. He's now number 10. He just lost to um, a by a knockout by Chris Dawkins. So Chris Dawkins knocking out the very well-experienced uh, Alexei Olenek. That was huge for him. Um, so that is something to put into consideration there. Um, so I'd say Tom Aspinall, Chris Dawkins, and now... Derek Lewis should be bumping up in the heavyweight rankings. Derek Lewis is number four, knocking out the number two in the world, uh, Curtis Blades. Unbelievable. Um, I cannot believe Curtis Blades did not go straight to the wrestling in the first round. Tried to, at least, and I think Derek Lewis is able to um, block him out of a takedown, which is pretty impressive, to say the least, for Derek Lewis. Um, I have both respect for both fighters. Of course, Curtis Blades, um, he went to Harper College, in which, of course, you know, this is where this radio show started, was at Harper College, and Curtis Blades was a Harper College National College National Junior College Athletic Association National Champion. Um, that was like, I don't know, seven years back. Uh, Curtis Blades worked out at Midwest Training Center um, in Hoffman Estates, which is about 10 minutes away from me. Um, and then he moved, I think, to Colorado to start his own training camp in Colorado, which is completely respectable because... Um, uh, definitely the change of scenery definitely helps change a fighter and mostly good ways because fighters like to be, um, they like to travel. They like to meet new people and learn new things along the way. And that's what changing fight camps is all about. But in this case scenario, Curtis Blades seems like he was hesitating going for the wrestling. He just come came off of a, a record setting match against, um, Alexander Volkov taking him down like 15 plus times in a, in a heavyweight match. I don't understand why he didn't do that to Derek Lewis. Maybe he was scared of Derek Lewis's power, but rightfully so. At the minute and twenty fifth minute and twentieth second mark of the second round, Curtis Blades went in for a takedown, and as calculated as it can be, Derek Lewis threw in an unbelievable right hand uppercut, knocked out Curtis Blades. Now this is where the controversy starts in this in this case scenario because um, the referee. For that match was Herb Dean, legendary Herb Dean, um, one of the best, I would say, referees in all of UFC uh, all time. You may say he's been around the longest for that matter. Um, it was a very controversial stoppage. I I think it's not just his fault. Mostly, it's actually Derek Lewis's fault. I mean, you, I know you're in the zone and you want to knock the guy out, but come on, Curtis Blades after that one punch on the stand up was knocked out. But then, repeatedly, when Curtis Blades was stiff on the ground, he's stiff. He's clearly stiff and knocked out. Kurt, uh, Derek Lewis throws in two extra punches that, in my eyes, at least the second punch was uncalled for. You can clearly see that Blades is knocked out. His eyes are rolled, rolled back, and he's stiff on the ground. And yet, Derek Lewis continuously throws in bombs on Curtis Blades. And honestly, I'm a little heated about it. I don't understand why that fight was not stopped right in that first punch because he was 
he literally smacked, like, Curtis Blades literally, stiff as can be, smacked down on the canvas, and Derek Lewis saw that and still continuously punched. Herb Dean wanted to stop that fight right after he was on the ground, but was in a position behind Derek Lewis at the time and couldn't run up in time to save those two punches. So, in a way, it wasn't really Herb Dean's fault. Derek Lewis needs to know when to stop. And I'm sorry for anybody who's rooting for Derek Lewis, but I thought that was a little disrespectful. Um, I know, and it's a very unpopular opinion, especially in UFC, like, you're you're not done until the referee stops you, but come on, dude. You know, you know that Curtis Blades is knocked out at that time when he threw that punch. And uh, Curtis Blades was on the canvas for, like, five minutes unconscious and I was throughout those five minutes I was scared like I like I did not care about what anything happened until making sure that Curtis Blades was was okay if anyone watched that fight on Saturday night I I really hope that you were that the same thing was running through your mind because those two punches really caused some damage and it could also cause future damage for him and that sucks and that's of course the unfortunate nature of MMA is those elongated injuries or the brain brain malfunctions because of being punched numerous times in the face. But Curtis Blades was knocked out, and yet he was still continuously being punched. And that's my take. That's controversial to me. I don't know what you think. I'd go on YouTube, look at the, look at the replay, and see what you think. Because um, I really do think that Derek Lewis threw in a couple two extra punches too late. And um, that is a cause for problems. Okay, but besides that, we can look at other fights of that card. Phil Hawes, the upcoming middleweight, wins by decision against Nasur Dean Imaivov. And then uh, featherweight Charles Rosa against Derek Miner. Derek Miner getting the win against Charles Rosa by decision. And then another decision fight with Yana Kunitskaya and Ketlen Vieira. Kunitskaya, the up, um, the now ranked women's bantamweight, I'd say is acting pretty dominant of late, if you may say. That was all rhymed and not even intended. <laughs> but yes, that is the case. But other than that, let's look up what's coming up this weekend, and I'll make my picks of the week here. Uh, it is heavyweight main event, Jarzino Rosenstrike against Cyril Gaon. Rosenstrike, his only loss in his UFC career was against Francis Ngannou. That was a 20-second fight um, about uh, seven months ago, and he got knocked out clean. But then Cyril Gan has the upcoming heavyweight at 7-0. So this is going to be a good fight. I'm actually really excited about this fight on Saturday night. Um, two heavyweights that know how to strike, and um, I honestly think... If uh, Cyril Gaon is the underdog here, I'd go with Cyril Gaon. He's got a lot of different styles to his game that I think that Jarzino Rosenstrike hasn't been accustomed to. So, if that being said, I got Cyril Gaon in this fight. I'm, I'm rooting for Gaon. Rosenstrike, he's got a lot of power, so watch out for that. Um, and, you know, he's a one-punch um, wonder type of fighter. So, I'd watch out Cyril Gaon because this man is destructive. One one punch can end it all. Light heavyweight co-main event is another good one. You got Nikita Krylov against Magomed Ankalaev. Ankalaev uh, is a very diverse type of fighter. Against Krylov, who is a very well-experienced fighter at 27-7. and 7. 
Uh, let's see how these two fight each other. I think it's going to be a good stylistic matchup. I got Krylov winning, but Ankalaev can really, really um, come out and um, make, uh, and turn some heads, if you may say. But that should be it for that card. Actually, we got a couple more um, notice, no, notable matchups in this card. You got Bantamweight fight between Pedro Munoz and Jimmy Rivera. That's a really good fight. And then a women's strawweight fight between Angela Hill and Ashley Yoder. That's another great fight. And then to start off the main card, you got a featherweight fight between Alex Caceres and Kevin Kroom. So this is a pretty good card this upcoming Saturday night at the UFC Apex on ESPN+. They did not pay me to say it. I just wanted to remind you guys where to find it. Um, but that's that. That is that for USC. You also got also on the premium card of that night on this upcoming Saturday night, Alexander Hernandez and Tiago Moises. And then you got a welter fight wait, fight between Randy Brown and Alex Oliveira. Wow, this this card is stacked. Unnecessarily for a fight night. This card's pretty stacked. Not gonna lie. Alright. <laughs> Alright. And I'm going to lie, this is a pretty good show. I liked it. All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to today's episode of Money Man Sports Talk. Um, it was a very good one. I had Blaze Mesa come on and honorary co-host for the majority of the show today. So that was a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Blaze, for stopping by. And don't forget, Monday Man Sports Talk merchandise is still available all you got to do is message me on Instagram or email me. My Instagram is Noah underscore fest. Again, that's Noah underscore fest. Like fest, like the shorter version of festival. And then on my email, if you want to email me, it's noah.festenstein at gmail.com. That's noah.festenstein at gmail.com. For inquiries of Monday Madness Sports Talk merchandise, you got t-shirts, hats, pillows, magnets, and mugs, and much, much more where that came from. Check it out by messaging me, and I'll give you all the details there. Thank you so much for tuning in to the 191st edition of Monday Madness Sports Talk here on February 22nd, 2021. It was such a pleasure sharing the sports world with you on this fine, fine Monday that we have here, and I'm looking forward to doing it once again next week for episode 192. I will see you then. Have a safe and fun week. Thank you.